name all the coolest things out of the 90s. Go. <laughs> all, okay. Um, Informer by Snow. Um, <laughs> Baby Spice. Uh, eyebrow piercings. Eyebrow piercings. Jinkos. Uh, tattoo necklaces. Ooh, yeah. Those um, were big. Bindies. <laughs> we'll talk about bindies later. Oh, I know we will. Um, and Delia's catalogs. Delia's definitely platformed heels, shoes. Those are back. Oh, they are. Oh, 90, no. The nineties fashions are coming back. I don't guys. know if I want those back. Yeah, well, I'm kind of being my parents now when 70s came back in the 90s and our parents were like, I used to wear that when I was your age. Oh, God. Is it like actually the equivalent? It's happening. But it's like that that's the time equivalent, isn't it? Yes. 20 years and 12. Fashions always come back in 20 year waves. Blah. Always. So, yeah. Because like in the early 2000s, we got like 60s and that was 40 years ago. They did like a weird mod thing. I'm still into that, though. It's classic. Uh, but you know what, though? I can't pull off mod. Neither can I. I do not have a mod body. Are you saying you don't all. got a mod bod? I don't, I don't want a mod bod. <laughs> I got a dad bod. <laughs> but, like, for a woman. Yeah. Mom bod? I got a mom bod. Well, I don't have a mom bod because my vagina's not racked. <laughs> Shout tits. out to all you moms out there. Your tits don't sag to your belly button? No, they do. But that's just because I have big breasts and I don't know. Yeah. Genetics. Yeah. That's just a big boob thing. Yeah. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music and stories and tales and we're your hosts i'm maggie i'm ashley and this week we are bringing you back way back to you know what we're all about flashbacks right now i guess we are contributing to this 20 year cycle you were talking about but also in an effort to do more quote unquote current artists (laughs) we're bringing you back to the 90s i mean yeah honestly but, I mean, how many episodes out there for other podcasts are there about, like, Pink Floyd and the Rolling Stones? Exactly. Which is why we have not covered Pink Floyd or the Rolling Stones and probably never will. I don't think you want us to. I don't I don't think I want us to. But do you so. know what I mean? Like, we're not going to, like, say cool things about them. We're not. We're going to roll our eyes a lot. I'm going to say very mean gonna, things about Mick Jagger. And then Mick someone's going to huff on up to our Facebook and go, you're misrepresenting history. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I just am not impressed. Yeah. And it's okay. Sorry. I'm real Shania sorry. Twain about <laughs> Mick Jagger. I'm in- completely unimpressed by Mick Jagger. So Even Why? more so with Keith Richards. Yeah. You've lived a really long time despite... Every doing everything you possibly can to kill yourself. Good for you, I guess. I guess you made some music in the meantime. Okay, sure. Okay. You stole a whole bunch of shit from people of color who created the blues. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to celebrate you. Rad. Sorry, you're a rad dad. He is a rad dad. I bet. Anyway, yeah. So we we're bringing you guys back to the '90s, 1995. Smack dab in the middle. The real baloney part of that 90s sandwich. <laughs> the baloney slathered in mayonnaise. Oh, the, my God. Between two blah. pieces of Wonder Bread. <sighs> before we realize that anything white is probably not a good thing to eat. Mayonnaise is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> 
But as spicy as this artist we're talking about today, we're talking about No Doubt, specifically doing a deep dive into their album, Tragic Kingdom. Look, guys, I'm talking about Ska. Ish. Mm. Ish. Look, guys, I'm talking about the downfall of Ska. I wouldn't call them the downfall. (laughs) I would say that they realized that they needed to crawl out of Ska in order to be more popular. Yeah. Because their album before this was like pure ska. They were nothing but ska. Where is that compilation album? <laughs> nothing but ska. Yeah. Yo, can someone make me that playlist though? <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm sure there's a compilation or two out there. Well, I'm going to give all my money to Columbia House <laughs> just for that record. All your pennies to Columbia House. Oh, they're going to get so many dimes for me. I'm going to get them 10 cent CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to pay 25 bucks every month afterwards. What? (laughs) It's just 10 cents. It's just 10 cents. You don't have to pay anything afterwards. Arguably, 25 bucks a month for 10 CDs is actually still a really fucking great deal. No, it was a penny. It was 10 cents for like the 10 CDs for the first month. But then after that, you had to pay like 25 bucks for one CD that they would automatically send you and charge you for. But then do you still pay 10 cents no. for nothing 10 else, CDs? Nothing else is 10 cents. This is just the introductory deal. You know, I never actually understood how Because <laughs> you never paid works. the $25 My afterwards. dad just did it. He was just happy to do it. Debt collectors are still coming after you for the 25 bucks after that. I don't know. My dad, I think, actually paid the 25 bucks for the CD <laughs> every month. And that might be why he had so many weird CDs. Probably. Because they just automatically send it send it, it to you. Whatever. I got some Limp Biscuit CDs out of the deal, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> or am I? Or but man, I remember this fucking CD. This CD was my life for middle school. See, here's the deal with me. Oh. So, when this came out, I fucking hated No Doubt. Specifically Gwen Stefani. I don't know how that's different from now, but okay. It is different. <laughs> because when I hated her when I was 13... It was because she was dating Gavin Rossdale. Oh, no. She took your man. And she took my man. Oh, no. So I had to hate her. But arguably, in retrospect, she saved you. I I was not going to pet Gavin Rossdale to begin with. Let me have this canon in my head where she saved you. She saved all of us. From ending up getting cheated on with the babysitter. Yeah. I mean. Which is gross. That's like the worst. That's the worst. Yeah. The babysitter? Yeah, but, like, if they specifically hire, like, a cute little babysitter that actually kind of looks like their wife, yeah, they're probably going to cheat on you with the babysitter. Oh, God. that's There's so many layers to that. To that mayonnaise Wonder Bread sandwich. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I enjoyed that that's the reason you didn't like her. That's though. why I didn't like you her. You don't like Lady Gaga because the shoes? <laughs> you don't like... You didn't like No Doubt back then because Gavin Rosdell was dating. Yeah. But he, she needed to, yo, she needed, we'll talk about it, but she needed to heal. And who was going to heal her better she than Gavin her, Rosdell? her heart to heal. She needed Real bad. some glycerine in the rain in that iconic performance. She needed to come down from her heartbreak. You mean and, from her cloud? Yeah. From her I cloud of heartbreak. I down from this cloud. Yeah, 
So, um, yeah, I, I fucking hated her for a long time. <laughs> and then, like, I, I still have this, like, low level, like, ugh, whatever for her. Oh, yeah. That's and, fair. That's fine. But, like, it's not, looking back on it, I'm like, that was completely, like, not called for kind of levels of hate. But also, like, when you're 12, I think you're allowed to do that. Yeah, like, I think I think you're allowed when you're a preteen <laughs> to dislike someone for stupid reasons. Yeah, because you have you have these you're hormones, and you're like, what do I do with these feelings? Yeah, I'm gonna hate people arbitrarily. Yeah, for no good reason. Your um, shirt's dumb, and I hate it. <laughs> That's pretty much how I felt. Your lipstick's stupid. You look stupid in it. You're basically yeah. Billy Eichner from uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> I just I can't stand. Except I don't end sentences on a positive. No. And yelling. Yeah. I don't. They're just negatives and yelling. Oh my god, he'd probably be a delight to hang out yeah. with as a child. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it just kind of mellowed out for a while. Like I kind of disliked her, but at the same time, I'm like, whatever. It's fucking Gwen Stefani. But now that she's in her 50s trying really fucking hard to look and act like she's in her 30s yeah dating a country star for some reason and well, also didn't he cheat on his wife to be with gwen stefani he did some not cool things to miranda lambert that's right you don't fuck with miranda lambert i don't even like country yeah. music but i know she's like caldor Carrie Underwood. So, like, don't fuck with her. Because you'll get cut if you fuck with Caldor? Yeah. She's scrappy. Yeah, she is scrappy. <laughs> but I like her. She's also been around way longer than Carrie Underwood, right? No. Right? No. Carrie Underwood got started on a, a very early season of American Idol. Maybe like two or three, I think. And Miranda Lambert got, uh, she was on another reality show. Like oh, that. No way. Yeah, that's how she got her start. Huh. Well, none of this matters to tonight's topic. Yeah, either either way, now I think she's back to trying way too hard, and I don't like that. Yeah. She's like super, ro- uh, not even rock star. She's super, super just fucking celebrity. Well, yeah, I don't now even know what she the does. Voice. She's on The Voice. Yeah, that's all she does. And she's she can barely walk in the shoes she wears. Like, oh, come that's on. Not, that's uncomfortable. She's just, just get back with no doubt. And also, too much gums when she smiles, and that always freaks me out. <laughs> Some people can't help it. Just little gumbies. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it never used to be as pronounced as it is, but now that she's had, like, work done and shit, it's like, whoa, you're, like, blinding me with your gums. She it's- blinded me with gums! <laughs> Oh, speaking of being blinded, I was blindsided by this beer tonight. Yeah, sorry. And she swung in. She's like, I Here, found drink it. This. I saw it. I'm like, fine, I'll get it. I mean, I have kind of been curious about it. And uh, regards. oh, this is the first time I've seen it. So yeah, no, I've heard about it. Uh, also, a, f- a throwback to the 90s. Drinking oh, yeah. some. Oh, J. Double IPA. <laughs> I should have just gotten us some Sunny D. Honestly. I would have fucking rejoiced over some Sunny D. I would have wrecked some honey, Sunny D and purple stuff. Yeah. If you brought but me- no, you pass up the purple stuff because it's in front of the Sunny D. You move that shit over because you got Sunny D. Holy shit. Thanks, like, mom. Yo, 
You have purple stuff? Your mom's the coolest. She got Sunny D. Yeah, right? She got like eight bottles of that shit in the fridge. What you don't know is the, about the eight bottles of Sunny D hidden in the in the basement. <laughs> That's why you always magically have it. Just a basement full of Sunny D. I could fuck with that. You know what? Sunny D is delicious. I literally haven't had it in about 20 years. I so remember I really the flavor and I'm like... No, that was deli- I'm going to get heartburn like a motherfucker, <laughs> but it's so worth it. But yes, uh, so I think we're mainly drinking it because of orange and then Tragic Kingdom's covered in oranges. And she's there from... She's holding an orange. And she's holding an orange from Orange County. Uh, orange County. But also O.J. Simpson, also from the 90s. <laughs> he, uh, he got away with murder in 94. He did. He did. Yeah, very so much. The year before this came out, yeah. he got away from he got away with murder. He did. Yeah, and now we treat him like a celebrity. It's really weird. Anyway, do we or just do we just make fun of the shit he puts on Twitter? I don't know anymore. I don't follow. I'm I don't sorry. know. Like, I mean, Casey Anthony is going to be a celebrity. So here we cool. are celebrating murderers. Cool. I guess this is how twenty twenty is going. But also the citizen cider you brought, the for sure. Is another way you could say yeah, no doubt, no doubt for sure. Exactly, we're trying. Yeah. Anyway, it's a Goza style cider. It's lovely. Yeah. I'm kind of getting back into ciders. Ciders, you get me back. I'm pulling you in. Pulling me back in. I'm. I could do this. I could fuck with this. But I guess. Uh, all right. I guess we've bullshitted long enough. Yeah. Well, also stick around till the end of the episode because we have some things to say. We got special announcement. <laughs> special announcement. But not right now. Wait until later. Yeah, you got to wait. Anticipation. Thank you. All right. Let's get into it. All right. Let's talk about this the shit. album of our childhoods. <laughs> Picture it. 1995. Anaheim, California. Oh. Not Sicily. Sorry. Yeah. Ska was all the rage in this upper-class suburb of Los Angeles, home of the Disneyland Resort, and one young lad m- named Eric Stefani was really into it. Oh, he that d- makes so much sense. <laughs> Why? Ska is from Disney. Yeah. All right. He decided to buy a keyboard and form his own ska band in 1986 with some friends, calling the group No Doubt. After much begging and pleading, Eric also brought in his younger sister Gwen to sing backup vocals. The band went through many ups and downs in their first 10 years, including the tragic suicide of their lead singer John Spence in December 1987, which led to a brief breakup. After coming back together in 1988, Eric continued playing keyboards and brought in Tony Canal to play bass. But Gwen moved on up to lead vocals, and then they recruited Tom Dumas on guitar. He had left a hair metal type band called Rising that he was in with his sister. The transition to No Doubt must have been eye-opening. The following year, Adrian Young joined on drums, and thus the traditional lineup of No Doubt was formed. And the band recorded two albums after being signed to the brand new Interscope Records in 1990. Oh, wow. Brand new. Just I forgot, a baby. I forgot it was only the 90s. Their self-titled debut was released in 1992, and the follow-up, The Beacon Street Collection, was released in 1993. However, neither album sold very well or produced any singles. Once again, grunge was the soup du jour, so Scott, anything wasn't going to make it on the charts. And Interscope had little faith that the band could make diamonds out of coal the next time around, so they forced the band to work with an outside producer named Matt Wilder. Oh. 
Eric had been going back and forth between quitting and unquitting the band for a couple years now, but this was the nail in the coffin. He liked having tight creative control over the band, so working with an outsider wasn't going to happen for him. Ouch. Eric, who started the band nearly 10 years prior and wrote most of the band's songs, officially quit the band in 1994. He went on to become an animator for The Simpsons. Oh, well, I mean, like, still doing good. Yeah. Good for him. This left the band kind of in the lurch. They better write a damn good album or they'd most likely be kicked off their label, but that hefty task was put squarely on the shoulders of people who hadn't really written songs for No Doubt before. Do you mean everyone else in the band? Yes. <laughs> but the rest of the band picked it up, pick it up, picked it up, ah! and wrote some of the best music to ever come out of the 90s. Yup. Most of the actual music was written by Tom and Tony. Gwen would bring lyrics to the table, something she'd never done before because her brother always wrote the lyrics. She would bring them to Tony or Tom, who would collaborate with her and flesh out a new song. And she had plenty of inspiration. Right after Eric left the band, Tony dumped Gwen, saying Woof. he needed space. Woof, that's the worst. And they had been in a seven-year relationship. <gasps> I didn't realize they were together for that fucking yeah. long. Oof. Basically, once Tony entered the band... Like, that was it. They they went on a date and started dating. Aww. And they kept it a secret for a while because it was, like, an unspoken thing that nobody was supposed to touch Gwen. So Yeah. A, you're in a band together. But B, you're in a band together with and her brother. And that's his little sister. Yeah. Which also, like, weird toxic masculinity thing. And, like, maybe y'all need to chill. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Because the music was written by different people now, of course, no doubt, so sound changed. Most notably, to me at least, was that Gwen toned her voice down quite a bit. Mm. On previous records, she went ham with the vibrato. Yeah, because it's ska. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like, every time she opened her mouth. <laughs> it was crazy. She sounded like a goat, kind of. Oh, yeah. Is that Gwen <laughs> Stefani or is that a goat? I'm not sure. I know it's Taylor Swift. Never mind. <laughs> oh, okay. We get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she took singing lessons or just realized she needed to tone it down, but her vocals became much smoother. With Tom's background in metal and the burgeoning grunge scene still holding strong, especially on the West Coast, it was inevitable that his influences could be seen on this album. It's much less capital S-K-A ska as it was straight up pop and rock. It hit there was like a lowercase S-K-A. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It hit that sweet spot that finally caught on with audiences, like made ska more mainstream. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then Cherry Pop and Daddies became a thing. Squirrel Nut Zippers. Squirrel Zippers. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Oh, I, I never had to knock on any wood. <laughs> never. I mean, I will say, I think. Uh, I have known someone that has. I'm sure Does it's it not... make you wonder if you could? I'm sure it isn't good. <laughs> this is the impression I got. I know, right? <laughs> well, I, I would I would argue I shouldn't have said Cherry Pop and Daddies or School Nut Zippers because they were more like... Weird? Well, they were more big band sound and yeah. less ska. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, there is a big difference. <laughs> a big because difference. swing happened at the, at the around the same time. God, so... this was me and my prime. Is this coming back to... I don't know. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Swing coming back. Right? That was kind of fun. That was fun. Yeah. But yeah, caught on it did. 
This album is certified diamond, having sold over 16 million copies worldwide. It produced seven singles released over a three-year span and catapulted No Doubt into legendary status. And for better or worse, it gave us Gwen Stefani's solo career. I would say better. I've got... I, I have liked enough to be like, I am glad this happened. Okay. But there are problematic aspects to Gwen Stefani. Oh, yes. In general. I'm sh- I'm sure we can talk about a few of them. Yeah. Here. So we're, let's just go into the first yeah. song on the album. It's called Spiderwebs. So this is the introduction to the album. You're immediately hit with a solid beat and a nice tasty morsel of the horn section. You immediately recognize that this pop song is different than most. It's not quite rock. It's not quite pop. It's not quite reggae. Mm. Maybe it's ska. Ska gay? What's ska? Pasca? Pasca? Well, honestly, it's not really any of those things, but also all of those things at the same time. Yeah, it is kind of a weird little s'more. Yeah. But as much as No Doubt was Ska back in the day, with Tragic Kingdom, they kind of took everything kitschy about Ska and threw it in everyone's faces, mm. but took the musical elements of it and threw them out the window. Granted, Tragic Kingdom was the most ska that No Doubt ever was after they became mainstream popular. Oh, yeah, because after this album, they pretty much dropped ska. Yeah. They fully took advantage of a burgeoning scene and turned heel when the fad went out of favor. That being said, Spiderwebs is still a really good song. Oh, no, it's a jam. Most of the songs on this album are really good. I could listen to this album... I have listened to this album still to this day, front yeah. to back. I have no problem. not listened to this album in decades, probably. But listening to it, writing these notes, I'm like, this is a really good fucking album. Right. Really, really good. I did not want... For somebody who hated No Doubt so much, I listened to this album a lot when it came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Yeah. It was really good. I just didn't want to admit it back then, but no. I'm admitting it now. It's really good. Oh my god, I was in love with this album. This song dates itself quite a bit, simply oh, because yeah. it describes someone screening phone calls. We kind of do that. No, we do we that. We kind of stop doing that, and now we do it again. Because, but also, I don't screen my phone calls. I just don't answer them. Yeah. Period. I mean, I could screen them if I wanted. Right. Right. But I usually am like, just voicemail. We all know that millennials and Gen Zs are terrified of talking on the phone. Oh my god, I hate it. So this song sits perfectly in the Gen X zeitgeist. The lyrics describe someone being stalked through the telephone, which isn't far off from a real-life situation Gwen found herself in. After a lonely admirer started reciting poetry outside her window... Desperately vying for her attention, she realized maybe it's time to screen her phone calls. 
Uh, oh. Yeah. That is creepy, though. It is a little creepy. Hey, you know what women don't want is you stalking them and reading poetry out. Like, if you've been dating for a few months, probably. Or if you've made it very obvious that you like each other, yeah. But, like, if she's just kind of, like, giving you, dropping hints when you're talking that she doesn't want to talk to you, then don't go to her house and recite poetry out her window. You know, welcome to another segment of Maggie's probably late on something. But uh, (laughs) watching Clone High, I sat up and realized... Oh, we had really toxic ideas of what romance was. Extremely toxic. We were taught via movies and TV the most toxic habits. Yeah. And Clone High was the most woke cartoon or show, period, that we had at the time. And they canceled it after one season. But they still had a problematic love oh, yeah. love story of Absolutely. like this girl who liked this guy and he didn't give her the fucking time of day and like nowadays and it wasn't it's even like... great abe lincoln wasn't even that fucking great in that show but she was like no i'm in love with you it's like but he's a dick kind of and i mean i guess that's also like an aspect of what it's like when you're a teenager is like you think the thing that you're pining after is the best thing for you right but the problem is that back in the day we were taught to nurture that feeling whereas i feel like now most people will look at you and say, respect yourself more. Look at how they don't fucking give a shit about yeah. you and find somebody who's going to adore the fucking sunshine out of your yeah. butthole. Just be awake about it. Be cognizant of how people are reacting towards you. Yeah. 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 It's, it's weird. I'm glad, I'm glad we grew up. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I am, I'm very excited about the Clone High reboot. So yeah, let's right? do that. Speaking yeah. of the... Speaking of the 90s, 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's go to the next one. Excuse me, mister. Excuse me, mister. Yeah, this is kind of a banger. This is a super bop. I feel like Tom probably wrote a lot of the guitar parts because... uh, It's a really driving guitar beat, so probably. Yeah. Um, I I feel like Tragic Kingdom is also one of those albums that their non-singles are better than their singles. This was a single. No, it wasn't, was it? This was 100% a single. Well, I don't remember it. (laughs) But honestly... And I mean, that's nothing against the singles either, though. But they did have a lot of songs that were not singles. There's 14 tracks on this album. So half of them weren't even singles, but they were some of them were really, really good. Yeah. Honestly. And could have been singles instead of some of the ones they released. This might be a don't have to skip a track album. There's a couple I would skip. There's a couple I'm just like, I don't have the time to listen. (laughs) I don't have the time to give a shit. I don't have the time for this. So yeah, Excuse Me, Mister was the fourth of seven singles released off of Tragic Kingdom. And although it didn't perform as well as some of the others, it was still memorable for its subject matter. The irony of this song is that the lyrics are the complete opposite of those we hear in Spiderwebs. In the former song, we hear a woman annoyed by the advances of a potential beau, 
But Excuse Me Mister is 100% about a woman wanting the attention of another dude. She will do anything to get his attention, despite the fact that he clearly doesn't care for her in return. Oh. Yeah. It happens. And I also get, like, kind of a vibe that they kind of tried to make it sound like a prostitute kind of situation. Oh. That's what I always got from this song. I never got that at all. And I thought that I heard some people like, oh, oh, well, this is controversial because it kind of had that bend to it. Oh, see, I'll have to like really re-listen to the lyrics. Yeah. I guess I always just only listened to the chorus and I always got this feeling that it was about, excuse me, mister, you make it seem like a crime, like her existence. I yeah. didn't get the pining part, but yeah. I... Didn't listen heavily to these lyrics. I was pretty much too busy being like, this fucking song rocks. This also could have been 13-year-old me trying to put that on this song because <laughs> I desperately... prostitute. Yeah. How dare she? She should be dating Gavin Rosdale. <laughs> She's a prostitute. And now you're older and you're like, even if she was, like, good for her. You yeah. know what? Sex work is real work. That's legit. <laughs> Again, I'm glad we grew up. I, me too. <laughs> I'm glad we got through this awful, you know, shit that was put on us when we were yeah, kids. The toxic femininity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. The version of the song we hear on Tragic Kingdom was vastly different than the original that they recorded. Oh. Initially, producer Matthew Wilder convinced the band to record the song in a country shuffle style Ooh. with a vastly mellower tempo. Ooh, no. Months after recording ended, the band decided they liked the punk rock version better. Yeah. But that version was mysteriously erased oh, from no. everything they recorded. They all went back into the studio and recorded it a second time and demanded it be included on the album, much to the chagrin of Matthew Wilder. Well, Matthew Wilder, you were wrong. I think you've done them good work on this album, but you know what? In this In this case... Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. This was a real good song. Yeah. And you know what? What? If you want to go fuck yourself. Oh. Boy, do we I have a deal for you. I would love to go fuck myself. Can you please tell me how I can go fuck myself? I can. All right. It's with adamandeve.com. Oh, I hear they're spicy. Super spicy. So if you want to get super spicy with Adam and Eve, you can just go on their website. You can get any one item for 50% off. And then they just pile on the free gifts. Free gifts. Bow, bow, bow. Woo. Air horns. <laughs> you get three spicy free gifts. Yep. Maybe mysteries. one. Mysteries. All mysteries. All maybe, mysteries. Maybe one for him. Maybe one for her. Maybe one for them. Maybe one for all of you. You know, maybe just three things where you're just like, I don't know what this is, but I'm sticking it up my butt. <laughs> I mean... You can probably stick it up your butt. I mean, you can stick most things up your butt, guys. Come on. <laughs> and if they come from Adam and Eve, it's almost guaranteed you can stick it up your butt. It's almost guaranteed they want you to stick yeah, it up your butt. That's what they expect. They guys. expect butt play. Just maybe that 50% off item should be some lube. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't end there. No. Once you put not. all of that shit in your cart, you get six. Count them. Six. Sex. Sixth, Zex. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Free movies. Mm. And they're all surprises. They are all surprises. And though. we've we've heard about some of them and they sound 
delightful. I mean, honestly, you could even just have like a fun porn party with your friends where you watch a really dumb porn because some of them sound like that kind of porn. And it's did yeah. you not did, did we not all do that in college? I did that in high school. Yes. Yeah. Like everybody did that. Bring back the porn nights, guys. Yeah. We just watch this porn like. This is so dumb and unrealistic, but also hilarious. You can definitely mystery science theater 3000 that shit. Like, so good. Super, super easy. So good. So, yeah, you get the six free movies. And then on top of all this shit. If you thought that wasn't enough, it's not enough. Well, there's one more thing. Never enough. You get free shipping. Free shipping! So you get that 50% off item, you get the three free gifts, you get the six free movies, and you get free shipping. And all you gotta do is use our code, which is CANDYPOD, C-A-N-D-Y-P-O-D. Not the band. But you will feel so alive. So get the candy in the pod at AdamEve.com and stick something in your butt. Yep. And that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. So let's go back to let's go back to some music, guys. <laughs> That's enough right. sex. Let's talk about music. Yeah, let's All talk right. about just a girl. Let's talk about being just a girl, guys. I am just a girl. How do I like figure my life out? <laughs> oh my god! But that's not what this song is about. It's not at all. Actually, not. it's it's actually the opposite. It is. Get it? Because I'm just a girl. <laughs> just a girl was the first single off of Tragic Kingdom, released on September 21st, 1995. And every woman heard this and was like, every single woman on the planet heard this and was just like. Yeah, I get this. I get this. Like yeah. it was like the call to arms. Yeah. It was the first song Gwen wrote without the help of her brother. Instead, she and Tom collaborated on the song together, adding the music behind her lyrics. The opening guitar riff is as recognizable as Gwen's pouty schoolgirl singing style. She sings about the troubles of being a girl with a hugely sarcastic delivery. Lamenting about how she can't drive late at night and is metaphorically forced to have her hand held through life. Yeah. It captures the annoyance of basically being patted on the head and told, oh, you're just a girl. You can't do anything by yourself. I can't. I'm glad that you acknowledge that about me. Yeah. Most people's introduction to the band was through the music video for this song, which got everyone's tongues the wagon. I don't remember this video. Both in good and bad ways. (laughs) Let me describe it to you. It starts out in a home movie style, showing the band loading up their gear and hauling it to a show. Turns out the show is in a bathroom. Gwen hops around a huge, brightly lit, impeccably clean bathroom while the boys are shoved into a tiny, gross one next door. Eventually, the boys crash the girls' bathroom and a co-ed party ensues. Yay, fun. But of course, all people could talk about was Gwen and what she was wearing. Oh my god was she wearing was she wearing a crop top belly shirt yes with low hanging pants yes oh my my god 
my pearls. <laughs> I'm clenching them. <laughs> I'm clenching them so tight. It was the typical Southern California style, part surfer, part ska, and part pinup girl. Tiny tank top, bare midriff, and big baggy pants. An outfit that wouldn't even warrant a second glance these days. Seriously. I mean, like, have you seen the shit that some people wear nowadays? Right? Yeah. I've seen legit snatch on people. <laughs> All right? I've seen snatch. <laughs> I've seen sna- it was 2020. I've seen snatch. <laughs> Gwen Stefani, 1995. I'm like, that's fine. I see a belly button. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it pierced? I don't think Gwen's you know, was. You know what that means. <laughs> What? Do you? Because what I, have, I don't know. I was hoping you did. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It means you went to Myrtle Beach for spring break. <laughs> and got a dolphin tattoo tramp <laughs> and stamp. very ill-advised cornrows. Oh, my <laughs> God. This is the, These are all mistakes. I mean, the belly button ring is fine, that but is, everything else. It is a walking mistake. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Back in 1995, people clutched their pearls at the sight of Gwen's bare midriff. How dare she tempt us with her tight little tum-tum. But nobody cared about the bindi? I'm getting there, Maggie. I'm just waiting for it. (laughs) I don't have a problem with it at all. In fact, even though I hated Gwen Stefani back then, I have to admit it was a super cute outfit that I wish to fucking God I could have worn. The only part of her outfit that I had a problem with was the bindi. Mm. You know what, though? I was that white girl. (laughs) You were that girl. I was that girl. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I know now as an adult, like, where the fuck up was, but there are definitely pictures of me at homecoming dances and Valentine's Day dances. Wearing a fucking bindi. Maggie, Maggie, Because I got Maggie. it from Claire's and thought it was cool. Like I was Guys, 15 and I was dumb. Word of advice. If it comes from Claire's, it's, it's not, not cool. cool. You're right. Like, and I'm not trying to make an excuse. <laughs> I was a dumb fucking kid. And as an adult, like, would be capital M mortified to fucking <laughs> do some shit like that now. But yeah, but like this is why we're doing this show because we're we're facing our our past selves. Are we doing that or are we misrepresenting history, Ashley? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> but the point is, yes. I mean, but yeah, her wearing that definitely makes white girls all over America be like, "I can do this. This is fine." Yeah. And not even think about the connotations behind exactly. it. Exactly. Or like what a bindi actually is or means. Yeah. And we didn't really have the internet back then. We had books, guys. It was so much harder to look things up. We had an encyclopedia. <laughs> so, like yeah. an actual physical book encyclopedia. It was heavy. And by it, and there a, were a lot I mean, of there them. was like 50 volumes and like each letter had two volumes. <laughs> there was a big encyclopedia and they sold them door to door. God damn it, Britannica. <laughs> okay. So granted, we weren't as politically correct back in 1995 as we are now. And I think it's fair to say that we, as white women, all did our fair share of cultural appropriation. But I would be remiss if I didn't say that Gwen's appropriation of the bindi was ill-advised at best. (laughs) At the time, she was not married. And as far as I could tell, she was not Indian. She had dated Tony for seven years. But by by the time the video came out, they had long been broken up. Mm. 
But I guess if you date someone of a different culture, that means you're allowed to use their culture as a fashion statement? I mean, did Tony ever say anything about it? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about him saying. I'm sure he probably kind of like rolled his eyes and was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> do but whatever like, you want to do, Gwen. Didn't care enough. But either didn't care enough or just like figured he couldn't tell her what to do. Right. I think at the end of the day, it's like pick and choose your battles, bro. Or was like, I completely devastated you and broke your heart. So I guess I can't tell you not to wear that bindi. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to either way. I, th- I believe his stance was probably pick and choose your battles, yeah, bro. Exactly. That was one he probably should wasn't going to win. Despite this, you can't argue that Just a Girl hasn't become a feminist anthem since its release. Mm. The Riot Girl movement was still going on in the mid-90s, and although No Doubt wasn't part of that music scene, this song still blended seamlessly with its message, which was, stop treating us like children. Mm. We are our own persons, we have our own minds, and we don't need you to hold our hands. Yeah, I mean, arguably the mid-90s, early 90s, starting with the Riot Girl movement... I mean, yeah, of course, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there were touches of it, but I don't think it was until, like, really the 90s when this feminist movement in music was really coming out, and, like, there were legit fantastic anthems coming out for women to be like, nah, can you stop, though, boys? And it wasn't just, like, yeah, we're women, we celebrate our femininity, whatever, we can do whatever we want. It was... We're women and we're fucking angry. And I'm like, shut the fuck up and listen to me and I'm going to kick you in the dick. Yeah. No, that Joan Baez shit. It was like, now you're getting kicked in the dick. It's not like nice white women with acoustic guitars just saying, hey, man, let's all get along. No, it's like we're fucking angry and you need to shut up and listen. Yeah, because in all across genres as well, because you have this in punk, rock, rap, hip hop, even pop. Yeah. You had it in all genres. Yeah. Every woman was like, but I'm fed up with your bullshit. And I also like that this was a message being told by a band that was composed of men with a female lead singer. Mm. Because that kind of got, gave the message that like, yeah, these guys believe this too. Right. It's okay for guys to be feminists as well. Yeah, it's weird. What? I know. I'm talking crazy, but like, you can do it. I know. I know. And you want to look at men and be like, but are you happy now? (laughs) Oh, that's the name of the next song. (laughs) Yeah, I did it. (laughs) That's the next song, guys. We're going to go into the next one. It's called Happy Now? Question mark. Believe it or not, this song was a single. I don't believe it. Yeah, it was the sixth thing. Thick. It was the sixth single. Yeah, off the album, 
and was released on September 23rd, 1997, almost two full years after the album was released. It wasn't officially put on CD or cassette in the U.S., and the band never even made a music video for it. It did, however, receive a ton of radio play in California, but not much anywhere else. Wait, it was totally on a CD. What? Did you say it wasn't released on a CD? Like, it it wasn't officially put out as a single CD. Oh, Sorry. Yes, with like a B-side and shit. Yeah, and actually they didn't do that with any of their singles. They not a single one of them was put on a single CD huh. or a single cassette. Wow. Never realized that. Yeah. Well, shit, no doubt. Like you want to hear this? Buy our fucking CD. Yeah. And you know, arguably, you're not wrong. Yeah. I used to buy singles when I was a kid, and now as an adult, I'm like, that was dumb. Why didn't I just buy the fucking CD? But a lot of the time they would put like b-sides that were not on the album on there and then i would buy them because i would want that extra song yeah because we didn't have or you get the remixes yeah i didn't really care about the remixes so much i would get a lot of janet singles because there were some sweet remixes yeah Yeah. but that's janet that's janet miss jackson if nasty yeah Yeah, it didn't really matter, though, because their previous five singles were so popular that they were still being played on the radio at the same time. Shit. (laughs) It was released on a single CD in Sweden with a bonus track, a cover of Oi to the World by the Vandals, which honestly is one of my favorite Christmas songs that I actually enjoy. I didn't know that was a cover. Oh, yeah. I'm a bad person. (laughs) Quite a cover. Happy Now is one of many songs on Tragic Kingdom with lyrics written by Gwen about her breakup with Tony. She doesn't hold back. The lyrics are direct and cut like a knife. She demands an answer to the repeated question, are you happy now? Half sarcastic, half demanding an honest answer. And I can only imagine it was cathartic to write these lyrics and make Tony write the music for it. And then just look him in the face while you're singing the lyrics like, are you happy now? Don't even tell me how you're happy now. Are you happy? She's like, I'm Stevie Nicks, and you're Lindsay Buckingham, and this is our rumors. This really is No Doubt's Rumors. It is. Very, very much. Because A, it's their best album. Yep. B, it's about a breakup. Yep. Yeah. This is is the album that really put him into the mainstream, made him super popular in the US, and all that shit. And made it so that they could release albums that were like, yeah, you got some jams on it, but nothing's like a real solid hit the way that album was. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. It's called Different People. So many. So many of them. You got the different guy. Yeah, basically anything with horns. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking jam. It's got a groovy bass line too, though. Oh, that bass line. I'm Tony, grooving. Tony really did a number on this one. It was He's like, all right, I am happy now. Are you happy now? Do you miss these magic fingers? <laughs> ah. And she's looking and she's like, but I do though. Ugh. She like wanted to marry that boy. Oh she, yeah. She like had her whole life planned with that guy. I and don't... he's like, I think we're going to break up now. And she's like, Peril, like, I had a whole life planned out. It's so weird how obsessed with marriage 
she was. Oh yeah, because then like, the next unhealthy. album she had a couple songs about marriage. It was yeah, simple kind of life made it very clear that she had an unhealthy obsession with marriage. She also had the song "Marry Me." Yeah, <laughs> like she. She, she there's really another there's another song on this album that mentions like getting married and stuff. So it's like, what the fuck? Like, come the fuck down, like, girl. Hold your horses. You're like 25. Yeah, you don't have to get married yet. I think she was pushing 30 when this came out. No. Yeah, because I definitely remember reading an article and it said she was either 27 or 29. And at the time, I was like, "Oh my god, you're so old." Oh my god, do you look back at teenage <laughs> Ashley and you're like? I fucking hate you. Yeah. You dumb bitch. <laughs> I do that with teenage Maggie sometimes. I'm like, girl, also you gonna peak in your thirties, so you got something to look <laughs> so forward to. So calm the fuck down. Calm your tits, cause like you're gonna be better now. Yeah. Let's talk about this song. Yeah. The song is a celebration of human diversity. It's just a straight up happy song with a positive message, and you can't help but bop your head to it. Truth. Gwen has stated many times that this is actually the first song where she wrote the lyrics by herself. But many other articles say it was just a girl. Shrug emoji. <laughs> like, uh, it does Does it matter? It's all in the yeah. same album. Either way, Gwen showed the lyrics to her father one day, and his reaction was all positive. It made her realize she was actually good at something and gave her the encouragement to keep making music. Years later, she would get the ultimate validation when Barack Obama named it his number one favorite song on his presidential campaign playlist. Huh. That's actually a really cute song to have on your presidential yeah. playlist. Obama knows what's up. He's got he's got his good points. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. I mean, they'll let him play their song on his campaign <laughs> trail. Unlike someone we know who basically every artist has said, can you not? But and fuck then, off and stop. But also then there's one artist just slobbering and chomping at the bit like, come on. You know you want to use it. You know you want to use our song. Back off. I'll take you on. <laughs> Come on. I'll take on anyone. I'm trapped in this presidential campaign playlist. Ha <laughs> Because that's the only song that will go on there. Yeah. That and we'll put a boot in your ass. That and maybe some Kid Rock and Ted Nugent. Oh, yeah. Well, I do not want to listen to this playlist. That is the worst playlist I have ever heard of in my life. My God. Yeah, let's listen let's, to more good music. Yeah, let's go to some Hey You. Hey You is the first song that deals with a common theme in Gwen's lyrics. Oh, God. Marriage. Marge. Speaking of marriage. Two of. Marriage. So her brain is just that guy from The Princess Bride. (laughs) Marriage. We're here for marriage. (laughs) Yo, can somebody draw Gwen Stefani as that guy guy from The Princess Bride? As the... is he a bishop or a pope or something? I don't know. Yeah. He says marriage. That's all I remember. And love. 
And wav and marriage. Wav marriage. <laughs> yeah. She's addressing herself here. She's longing to get married and settle down and have a family, getting her hopes up that the dude she's with, in this case Tony, will want the same thing. But it's not just in the cards for her right now. It's very similar to the song Simple Kind of Life on Return of Saturn, the band's follow-up to Tragic Kingdom. But not as sad. Yeah, Simple Kind of Life is pretty sad. It makes me sad. Yeah. Okay. I guess that was a point of it. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Hey You was the album's seventh single off of Tragic Kingdom. Oh, nope. No, it wasn't. It was only released in the Netherlands for some reason. Okay. Where it did okay on the charts. The song itself received mixed reviews, and honestly, it's an okay song, but I wouldn't have missed it if it was left off the album. Yeah, I would say I I still listen to it because it still bops. It mm-hmm. still baps. Yeah. But if it wasn't on the album, I wouldn't miss it. When you say it baps, that makes me think of a hamburger bun. Because that's what they call it in England. Well, you got to bop, mm-hmm. and then you got to take your hamburger bums and go, baps. Bap. In the, with the bop in the middle. Bat bop. That's a bat. That's a bat bop burger. Bat bop burger with some mayonnaise. So spicy. So spicy. Because we're white. I don't even like mayonnaise, and it's not because it's spicy. <laughs> I don't like mayonnaise because it's gross. I love mayonnaise. Blech. You know what? Give me some French's mustard on everything. Mustard's good, but I, I like mix mustard. it with the mayonnaise, and then Blech. I put some onions on it. Blech. Oh my really god! Good. Do you hate me? You hate me. What, do you got some pickles on it? Yup. Flip this table. You just don't know how to eat a burger. I just don't like food. <laughs> What's that like? I don't know. <laughs> how it's... do you not like food? How know, are you not really obsessed weird. with food and thinking about it 24-7? I don't know. I thought a lot about my leftover Chipotle bowl today, though. How, so... how do you have leftovers? What? You're not human. I'm not. You're not. Okay, let's just go to the next song. You know what I like to do instead of eat is climb. You're weird. I don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) The next song is called The Climb. good workout song well it's really good to walk upstairs too <laughs> no honestly i if you're think taking, about it when if you're I'm taking, taking the stairs, stairs instead of the elevator you're like this is a mistake like that beginning like bow, 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 yeah. bow, and you're like okay i got to these stairs now <laughs> this song clocks in at over six and a half minutes long yeah i didn't realize how long this fucking song was yeah it's just pretty unusual for a ska band it's also a very traditional rock kind of sound. Yeah. I would say, you know, there's like almost some prog rock elements a to it. A little bit. A little bit. You wouldn't expect that considering it's one of only two songs on the album solely credited to Eric Stefani. Oh, shit. Despite the fact that he quit right before recording Tragic Kingdom, Eric still contributed music to the album. His name pops up in various songs, but this one is... 
has only his name attached to it. It's a slow build of a song, mimicking the lyrics, which talk about a long, hard road to get to the top Aww. of whatever. It's just like them. Yeah. Yeah. Top of the charts. Pops. Pops. Top of the pops. Yeah. It's got guitar solos, mellow sections, and a curious lack of horns. <laughs> Especially written by Eric. Yeah. It also features some of Gwen's best vocals up to that point. Mm, like, honestly, she sounds amazing on this track. Girl gives it her all in this song, and it's it's really good. She does a really fantastic job. Yeah. This song is sometimes hard to listen to, and I don't think it's because it's a bad song. I think it's because between the instrumentation and Gwen's voice... It does a fantastic job of displaying an actual climb. Yeah. You kind of physically feel it when you yeah. listen to the song. It's a very slow build, but they get there eventually. No, they do. It's a long song and a slow build, but it's a fantastic song. Yeah. And it reminds me of playing DOS games on our Windows computer in 96. <laughs> so I'm an old lady. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Speaking that, of the climb. That is old ass hp computer yeah got man that lasted that lasted us for so long and then we sold it to our neighbors do you remember when computers were built to last you more than three years yeah Mm. that was nice that was nice we had that one for like 10 years i think yeah we had ours for a very long time i would sit at that computer for hours talking on aim yep Making little avatars in a chat room. Yeah. And redoing my uh, profile. And then like... Every five goddamn hours. Yeah. And then uh, you could search for people. Just random people and message them. ASL. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I still talk to at least one person that I met that way. Oh, That's really cute, actually. Yeah. All right. Also it. extremely dangerous. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Thank in... God they turned out to be a real decent human being. I I think most of the people I talked to were fairly decent. I think they like generally all seemed about my age. Yeah. So that was good. <laughs> that was a good thing. Anyway, I don't even know how we got onto this topic. <laughs> you, can... you brought up computers. Oh, it was computers. You're right. Well, I mean, we can easily transition to the next song. (laughs) Yes, we can. Because, you know, the problem was that we were underage and that we were only only 16. 16, I just remember when I heard this, I'm like, can't wait till I turn 16 and I can like listen to this and feel like an adult. It changes nothing. It changes. Turning 16 changes nothing. nothing. <laughs> For my 16th, my sweet 16th birthday, I had a Blue's Clues cake. What? I liked Blue's Clues. Oh, so you requested it. Yeah. Okay, but that was back when we were also, like teenagers and we thought things like that were ironic and cool. Yeah, ironic and cool. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Also didn't have Pokemon balloons and dishware. No. 
But I mean, we liked that stuff because we thought it was cool to like stuff that was like way too young for us. To be insanely soothing. You know what? I bet I could still watch Blue's Clues, not even high, and be like, this is really soothing. But didn't that guy end up being like a drug addict? No, or nothing bad. Like they, I legit <laughs> looked up a recently rumor. a thing about Steve. He he started a band. It didn't go anywhere, and he's just like an Steve adult. Steve just started a band. He wanted to grow up. Yeah, like he just was like, well, I guess I'm done with Blue's Clues now because I'm a fucking adult. And he started a band, and now he's like, I don't know. I'm just a guy. I'm, I'm just Steve. I'm just he's just like you know, he's that cool guy that you hang out with like at the bar, and he's like, he gets like. Maybe he gets an IPA and you kind of judge him for that. But yeah. then other than that, like, you're like, oh, and I then like, talk to him. When you find yourself single and you're like going on date, you're like on OkCupid going on all these dates. Like one of your like impressive lines is like, hey, remember Steve from Blue's Clues? Yeah, I'm friends with him. I want to I want to <laughs> say that to people now, even though it's <laughs> you, not true. No, you can say that to people. They don't know. No, they, and they're they going to be like, prove- isn't he a drug addict? You're going to be like, no, that was all no, false. No, see... I'm friends with Steve, so I can tell you the truth. <laughs> All right, I need to become friends. Okay, with Steve. are we gonna ma- are we gonna start this? We're yeah. friends with Steve. We're from friends Blue's with Steve Clues. from Blue's Clues, and we're gonna tell you right now he's fine. And we go and see his band all the time in New York City. Yeah, of course they play in New That's York. That's where City. they play because nobody nobody's gonna question that. Yeah, this works. Except now everybody knows we're lying. God damn no it! No one knows we're lying. <laughs> Okay, so 16 is an interesting song because this is where everyone's influences really come out. But it's all in one song, and somehow they made all these different styles work together. You got that recognizable oompa, oompa, oompa groove, oompa loompa groove, whatever. Oh my god, yeah, that sure. Is, that is indicative of ska. And then you got Tom with the low tune guitar and ripping that solo to shreds. Oh yeah. And Tony bringing in a heavy bass line. Mm, chonky bass. Right. The verses are typically ska, but the chorus is head-bopping rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Then Tom comes in with that guitar solo that sounds like it came straight from the L.A. hair metal scene. Oh, yeah. And Adrian's metal... Uh, and Adrian's drumming is pure punk rock. The beat flowing seamlessly right into the next song. Yeah. Like, 16 doesn't end. It just goes straight into Sunday morning. <gasps> it does. Hold on. about god right it's about church not about church what it's about tony no way Mm, you Mm, don't say you don't say Mm. 
I very much remember hate watching this music video for this song over and over Do you again. Do remember this coming out? You know Really? Because well, here's the thing. Again, guys, I didn't have MTV. Yeah. I didn't have cable. I listened to the radio. But, like, a lot of these singles didn't usually get a lot of radio play or would be dependent on the radio station. But, like, the music videos would get a lot of play because music videos. Yeah, and this was, like, a heyday. Yeah. Also, a point in time when MTV still played music videos early in the morning mm-hmm. and late at night. Yeah. So I would turn MTV on in my bedroom when I was getting ready for school. Oh, you got to have a TV in your bedroom. See, I, I did. didn't get that. I didn't get that either. <laughs> so like, A, no cable, B, no TV in my bedroom. There were two TVs in our well, house. Well, my parents should have talked to your parents about stealing cable, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but yeah, I vehemently hated Gwen Stefani by the time it was released, but I secretly loved her outfit in this video. So let me describe this video to you a little bit. So in the beginning, there's this guy, random guy, just like walking down the street. He sees no doubt in a garage playing their music. So he just like walks in and sits down and watches them play. So they're playing for a little bit. And then, Gwen runs down to the corner store and gets some cans of tomatoes and then comes back. And then the guys are in the kitchen. They're all making a spaghetti dinner for themselves. The band. And the gabagool. And the gabagool. They got the tomates and the mozzarella. The mozzarella and the gabagools. And the gabagools. And they put it all together and make a nice spaghetti. Nice. I'm excited about this meal. A nice spaghetti dinner for everybody. With some Parmesan. I don't know how would you like fuck up Parmesan. With some shaky cheese. Got some shaky and... cheese on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they sit and eat dinner, but then it turns into a food fight. And the whole oh, time fun. this guy is just sitting there watching them and it's kind of creepy. I Weird. don't know. So Gwen's outfit. She was wearing a really cute black shirt. With a leopard print skirt. Mm. And she changed her shoes while singing. Okay. And they were a cute pair of leopard sandals. And it was so Delia's. Oh, God. It was I can like see it. my favorite. It, it was that Delia's skirt. Mm-hmm. You know, they came oh. down just below your knees. Yep. It was a little tight. Little pencil skirt. The pencil Delia's sk- pencil yeah, skirt. But with a little flare. Yes. Yep. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I mean, like the Delia's pencil skirt, where it's still tight around the hips, yep. but you got a little flare near the knees. And they were they were the '90s platform kind of sandals, oh God, of leopard prints. I totally had a pair and like she's those. wearing twenty bindies. <laughs> she actually was not wearing a bindi. Weird, but she definitely upped like the platinum hair game in this video. I don't just want blonde hair; I want blonde hair, capital B with an E. Blonde hair. <laughs> the video also stuck with me because the concept behind it was, you know, the band were making spaghetti dinner for themselves. And the way Gwen Stefani was chopping tomatoes gave me agita every time she sent that knife careening towards her left hand. Oh, oh my God. Oh. And like there was a part, you know, during the breakdown when she's like, I know who I am, but who are you? That part. In that part of the video, she chopped like her finger and got a cut on her finger. And I was like, no, no, no. Why do you think I hate cooking? Like, I'm fine with blood. But like the way you're just swinging that knife around is giving me the heebie jeebies. I hate it. Well, I threw up in my mouth. (laughs) But yeah, fun fact. 
in the beginning of the video, there's that lonely dude that walks by the garage when they're playing and he comes in and sits down and just yeah. kind of stays there. Yeah. That guy is Terry Hall from the specials. Oh. <laughs> well, now he's automatically not creepy. It, he's just kind of sad, but it's like, why are you just kind of sad? No, and I don't think around? he's sad. I think he's just Terry Hall. Like, you know what? <laughs> this is just how Terry uh, you Hall know, is. Well, I'm I'm Terry Hall from the specials. <laughs> I can't I help it. This. The corners of my eyes are downturned. I constantly look sad. I lived in England during the Margaret Thatcher days, and those weren't <laughs> good times for anyone. But I don't know. You haven't seen the video in a very, very long time. So... I've never seen the or video. Or you've never seen the video. Okay, so I'm going to have to show it to you, and you'll be like, yeah, he's kind of a, a bit of a creeper. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, this is another breakup song that Gwen wrote about Tony. You don't say. <laughs> this one seems to have been written at the, yeah, you want me back, but you can't have me stage of Gwen's recovery. So this this album is rumors. Yes, it is very much rumors. Oh. Except we don't get to hear Tony's side. We got to hear Lindsay Buckingham's side. We're only hearing Gwen's side. Do I want to hear t- Lindsay Buckingham's? No, I do like go your own way. But that's it. Yeah. And, no, uh, I mean, I and do. And secondhand like, news secondhand was really news good. Is good. But I also hate Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> how do I work with these feelings? Yeah. How do you reconcile your feelings about this? I, I don't, don't know. But anyway, it's just a really good middle finger of a breakup song. I don't know. You get to hear like Tony's chonky bass though. Maybe that's his middle finger is his chonky bass. I mean, again, those fingers. She misses them. <laughs> Chonky fingers on his chonky bass. Honestly. Now the only thing they're plucking are those bass strings, not your vacooter. Vacooter! That's what I'm going to name my bass now. You know what? You've just given my bass a name. <laughs> hey, vacooter, call- how you doing? I'm you calling miss these my chonky fingers? The vacooter. My, my bass. The vacooter does miss my chonky fingers. I haven't played that thing in months. So, yes. But the vacooter. Anyway, well, let's just go to the next song. Yeah. It's Don't Speak. I guess I'll shut up then. We can be inviting, but some are all together mighty, frightening. You you guys know this you, song. You fucking know this, you know song. this song. If you if you don't know this song, I call you a goddamn liar. 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 Rubbish. Boo. Boo. Mowage. <laughs> so many Princess Bride references. This Honestly, time. is no doubt just the Princess Bride. Probably, but who's the Wesley? Because I don't want to fuck any of them. But I'd fuck Wesley. Maybe just Adrian's hair. I could fuck Adrian. Right? He's First of all, he's a drummer. Like, as long I could, as he shut the fuck up. I don't want thing, him to talk. Thing, you can fuck a drummer. Because a drummer <laughs> is going to be a good fuck. But you have to duct tape their mouth closed. Because and, you don't want to hear anything they're saying. But like, you know they have the energy. Yeah. You know they have the stamina. Uh-huh. And you're just going to fuck them. Yeah. And then you're going to go. Yeah. You're going to stay the night. 
You're not going to have breakfast. They're not. Just, you might fuck them again, but you're not going to go on a date with but them. But they're going to be like, I still have energy. I'm going to go out to the bar. Okay. See ya. Bye. And you're going to be like, like well, cool. I'm going to go home and go to bed because I'm a human. Yeah. That gets tired. And drummers are not human. So there you go. All right. So we figured out the uh, fuck situation so of no doubt. Fuck the drummer because they're probably a lizard person or something. <laughs> sure. We want to fuck lizard people? <laughs> Why not? All right. Have fun. Do, it, right. do whatever you want. Anyway. So Don't Speak is an interesting song because the version we hear on the album is completely different than the original. What? What? (laughs) It was written by Eric and Gwen when Eric was still considered a full-time member and the two of them were still credited as the sole songwriters. Oh. This song became a massive hit that put No Doubt on the map and is considered one of the greatest breakup songs of all time. I mean, it is, though. But it started out as a love song. What? So here's how the original sounded. That sounds, other than the don't speak part, nothing. Nothing. Nothing like the album version. Yeah, the the melody is kind of The verses are 100% a different song. Yeah. That's crazy. It's kind of interesting to think that they went from that to what ended up on the album. And I think it's kind of, it's kind of fun in a way that she took... A song that she wrote as a love song to Tony oh, and completely twisted yeah. it around and was like, you fucked everything up. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, haven't we all been there, though? Right. Men, women, non-gender identifying. We've all been there. Yeah. And said, you fucked this up. Yeah. This was a good thing. And, and you fucked it up. You fucked it up. The melody is basically still the same, but obviously the lyrics changed dramatically. The song went from we're in love to oh fuck we're broken up pretty quickly after Tony (laughs) broke up with Gwen. Her pain and disbelief is palpable. Mm. Oh, it is though. The music video has become iconic as well. I know this one. Yay. (laughs) It was directed by Sophie Mueller, who would become a longtime collaborator and alternates between scenes of the band performing in a garage and scenes of the band at a photo shoot. Mm. By the time they filmed the video, Tragic Kingdom had been out for a few months, and the band's popularity exploded after Just a Girl and Spiderwebs were released. Mm -hmm. But most of the attention was paid to Gwen. It got to a point where she was the only person in the band the press cared about, leaving Tom, Tony, and Adrian to stew in the background. The video reflected the turmoil that was going on within the band, the arguments, the resentment, and even a near breakup the day before filming for the video began. Wow. Ultimately, the video became like therapy for them, who resolved their differences, remained together, and went on to to even bigger success in later years. And Don't Speak now defines No Doubt. 
It's their biggest hit to date, hitting Mm. the number one spot on the Hot 100 Airplay chart for 16 weeks and becoming one of the most defining songs of the 90s. Yeah. Interestingly, the song could not chart on on the Billboard Hot 100 because it wasn't a commercial success. And it only hit number two on the Alternative Airplay chart because the song standing in its way was, ironically, Swallowed by Bush. Which one was Swallowed? Swallowed. Hollowed, <laughs> heavy about everything but my love. <laughs> did did I do a good job with that? What was it? Swallow song? Swallow. Swallow. Okay, I know now. <laughs> I don't know. It. No, that one that was off Razorblade Suitcase, so it came after like Machine Head and uh, all that. Okay, I kind of fell off the Bush train, but I thought it was so. They obviously. Did the photo shoot for the album when they put the album out? Or before. Right. Well, Well, you know what I mean? Like, and like this video was done. Like, I thought it was interesting. Did they mean to make the choice to have her be the only one on the cover of the album? Well, she wasn't the only one on the cover. Um, So she is in the foreground, but there is, if you... Oh yeah! If can you conjure look it in. up. There is a circle. Yeah, around the oh, middle, and, in it. and the well, actually, Eric is in it too. So oh. there's four guys in the in that circle, like standing in a field, but you can barely see them. Here's the thing, I've learned from watching a lot of behind the music and doing a lot of music research because, like, that's what we do now. Mm-hmm. If you don't want the lead singer to be the face of the band. Don't make the lead singer the face of the band. Don't push the lead singer into the forefront of everything. Now, I don't know if that was a band choice or if that was like a label choice. Because I could see it being a label choice because let's stop for a second and remember who the head of Interscope is. Uh, Jimmy Iovine. Ah. Who you know was probably like, yo, but she's a hot blonde though, so let's put her on the front. Yeah. Yeah. Ira love hot blondes. <laughs> I don't know why Jimmy I am like JFK Kennedy. now, but he is. The point is, it's it's a very interesting. It's an entirely interesting dynamic, and the video is so super interesting because yeah, you're watching therapy in real time. Yeah, but it does seem like they kind of worked through it. I don't think Gwen had any ill intent to become the face of the band. It just and I think happened. that's what the guys needed to understand was that like it wasn't really her fault that the press focused on her so hard. It's just that's what they do because she's a pretty woman fronting a band. She's a pretty woman fronting a guy <laughs> band. No, she's she's. Yeah, she's stereotypically pretty. She's skinny, she's blonde, she's white. Right. So here Does, we go. Or at the time did not have big tits, so like good Does for she her. Get work done? I'm quite pro- positive that she had boob implants right before she did her solo career. You know, I'm going to say that 13-year-old Ashley just came back in. It did. <laughs> but at the same time like if she wants to get boob implants, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But also, I'm, I'm don't try trying. and act like you didn't get work done. Yeah, just say it. Like, you know what? Just say it. Like, I would be like, you know what? Yeah. Did you get work done? Yep. Okay. That is the only time I kind of throw shade at people for getting plastic surgery is when they try to act like they've never done it. Like, it is quite obvious that she pumps her face full of Botox now and gets lip injections and had boob implants. 
that's fine. But just say you did it. Just say you did it. Like, okay, that's fine. Cool. Good for yeah. you. You're rich. I get it. You're, you're a rich person. You could do what you and want. And I get it. You're rich and you're a celebrity. You're in the spotlight all the time. There is a huge amount of pressure to do that. If that's what you wanted to do, that's what you wanted to do. Just like fucking say it. And if that's not what you want to do, you need to move to upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> stop doing Botox get your implants taken out move to upstate New York nobody's gonna bother you no nobody's gonna bother you we're used to we're it we're gonna leave you alone we're gonna be like hey you know what you put your bra on one tit at a time like the rest <laughs> like of us like the rest of us but yeah that yeah that's an iconic video it's an iconic song everyone fucking knows it yes from here to Beijing right I, I assume they know it in Beijing. That leaves out Australia, but I'm sure they Does know it. Does it? All right. From here to New Zealand. <laughs> there you go. That works. Yeah. You know what? This track might be my favorite song on the oh, album. Okay. All right. This it's- is called You Can Do It. When I was in middle school, I thought maybe I could dance, and I tried (laughs) to create my own choreographed dance to the song. Oh, no. I can't remember how it went. I wish you did. I think I did. Because I would make you do it. (laughs) I think I did some disco moves. Oh, some pointing at the floor, pointing at the sky, pointing at the floor, pointing at the sky. Yeah, and I thought I was cool because I did that. And then I told my friends I did that, and they all were like, you're an asshole. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, bye. Kids can be so cruel. Kids, are, You know what? Said before, we'll say it again. Kids are dicks. Yeah, they're fucking dicks. You're, so- I don't give a shit. Like, when we're kids, even like... Our friends were assholes. We were assholes to each other. People I'm still friends with now, they were fucking assholes. Right? Like, I don't think I'm friends with any of my friends from childhood. (laughs) No, we're all assholes. We've just learned to accept it. Yeah. So, yeah, like, literally, I forgot what song this was. And then you started playing it. And I was like, oh, this song. And I was like, this is my favorite song. (laughs) It's also a really good song to run to. Yeah. It's encouraging. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I admit, I really don't understand this song or why it's on this album. It's straight up disco. It is, and I love it. And I don't understand the correlation between ska and disco. I'm barely understanding straight ska at this point. I don't (laughs) get how this relates. I don't get it. It's a beat, and you can dance to it. (laughs) It's got a beat, and you can dance to it. Hey, I could skank to this. (laughs) You can skank to a lot of things. Yeah. You can get a skank pick going. I could 100% get a pick going to the song. You think I can't? <laughs> That's it. All right. Who wants to come over? We're going to start a pit to the song. We're going to skank pit this shit. It's going to be It's gonna be the nicest pit you've ever seen. Epic skank pit. Tremendous. 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 The best skank pit. The biggest pit. skank pit you've ever seen. Nobody's ever done a skank pit like this. <laughs> I mean... 
I don't want to say nobody's done it, but maybe. I don't think they have. I don't mind being the first person. Honestly, I don't really have much else to say about this song. Like, there was no rhyme or reason to them even making this song. Yeah, and I didn't really find a whole lot about this song. But, you know, yeah. It's a good song. It's a bop. You can dance to it. This is the one that I skip. Oh, this is not the one I skip. No, this is the one that I skip. Oh, no. You know, if anything, I'd probably be more likely to skip the next one. I would skip the next one, too, but we're going to make you listen to it anyway. (laughs) It's called World Go Round. But, like, who out there owns a pontoon? Because this is a real good pontoon Sunday boat. Yeah, like pontoon this Sunday is... song. <laughs> I was going to let you have it. Yeah. But this is a really good pontoon Sunday song. It is, though. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could I could just chill out. You know what? I said I could skip it, and then I started listening. I'm like, no, nah, I wouldn't want to skip this either. This is pretty fun. I might still skip it. I won't. Yeah. This is some real traditional ska. Yeah, here the band goes back to their ska roots. Scroots. Scroots. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me that the songs that most reflect their love of ska were co-written by Tony, and that includes this one. Hey, Tony. <laughs> give me that chonky bass. It's because he's the bassist. It is And I feel bassist. like ska really has a solid bass. You gotta really rely on the gabagool of the bass. Really, really get into the gabagools of the bass and the mutzadel because it goes boom, bang, 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 and that's bang, the gabagools. Bang, bang, and then bang, you put some mutzadel on top bang. of it, and that's like the easiness, <laughs> like melting some mutzadel over your gabagools. Did we just turn sky to a calzone? Maybe calzone. Oh, that's that's stretching it. Like the bread for a calzone. Shut me the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. It's a little slower, not something you'd be skanking to, but it has that easy reggae vibe that's indicative of ska. Mm. And much like different people, this song is about inclusivity and joining together to make life on Earth a little better. And they don't shy away from the horn section on this joint. No, they don't. I'm here for it. It's all about. It's all. They're blowing all the horns on oh this my song. God. They blowed. They blewed my horn <laughs> they, for sure. They blewed your horn. <laughs> Real horn. good. Real good. With them chunky fingers. <laughs> no, you don't blow with fingers. That doesn't make any sense, Ashley. No, they have chunky fingers with the bass line, and then they blow. Blewed your horn. So. I mean, I see what you're trying to do here, but it just doesn't work. <sighs> Fine. Oh. <laughs> Go to the next song. It's called Ended on This. You'd think we might be ending it on this. But they didn't end it on this. Which is weird.
kind of makes me sad and i wonder why yeah. <laughs> maybe because it's again another breakup song no way no you don't say oh, uh, no. <laughs> i honestly think this could have been a single maybe yeah. even more than hey you are happy now agreed actually totes agreed yeah again there's the aura of ska around this song but for the most part the scora you're trying really hard with that. I'm not trying hard at all. <laughs> this is coming to me naturally. <laughs> but for the most part, it's a straight up pop rock song that almost foretells where the band is going musically after this. Oh. If you think about it. Yeah. It has some some hints of return to Saturn. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <gasps> I just blew your mind. A little bit? Mind freak. Like, honestly? Now I want to listen to this and return to Saturn back to back because, you know, I've never done that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of years in between the two. So. There are. And like a lot of shit happens between 95 and what was it? Like 2000? 2001? I maybe? think it was 99. Was it 99? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, Gwen dipped into the Tony Canal. Canal. <laughs> the Tony Canal breakup canal. Yeah ex love canal Woof. <laughs> the river of ex love canal uh, writing the lyrics of course about their breakup it's a good song to end the album on except there's one more to go yeah they did not end the album on they this. did not this could have been a perfect opportunity but yeah i mean but honestly though i think this was a good way to end it this is a good jam the next one is called tragic kingdom <gasps> oh oh hey hey you said the name of the album <laughs> Hear me out. If Prague Ska was a thing, <laughs> it would be this. Well, I would make the argument that Eric was kind of going in a proggy kind of direction. All right. So. I'm willing to hear this argument. Yeah. The, this is the album's namesake. And this is the second song on the album credited solely to Eric. No shit. And boy, does it take you on a journey. It's so good. At over five and a half minutes long and featuring lyrics that seem to describe a fantasy land overruled by a rotten king. Mm -hmm. This is kind of Ska's version of a prog rock song. We agree. Guys, we did it. Guys, we mixed like two of my weirdest, favoritest niches together. And they're making sweet, sweet love. They are scissoring and docking at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, I want to watch that. I kind of feel like we try and make everything into Prague. Yeah. And we did it. We did it. We did it. It, was, it wasn't no doubt. Fuck it wasn't Eric, Eric. Stefani. Eric this Stefani was us. Shit. This was us. We made Prague, Scott. <laughs> Somebody needs to make that happen, Skog? though. 
Scog. Scrog. Scrog Rock. Scrog Rock. Scrog Rock. Yes. Mm. I'm here for it. Yeah. So good. You can't help but think that maybe the lyrics are describing a fucked up version of Disneyland, considering where all the band members are from. Oh, I never thought of that. It's a great song to end the album on, though, taking you on yet another journey before letting you off the ride. Yeah. I like how if you listen all the way through to like the very end, the horns do like a Star Wars theme. Yeah. It's cute. And like, <laughs> oh my God, <gasps> they knew that Disney <laughs> was going to buy Star yeah. Wars. And, you know, the term Tragic Kingdom is a play on Magic Kingdom. So, Disney? Oh my God, do you think Eric knew the whole time? And I mean, maybe he is an animator. Fox for Fox? Is Fox Guys. owned by Disney? Now. They are? Yeah. <gasps> He was psychic. <gasps> Guys. He Guys. knew. What information no did he know? predicted the fucking future. <laughs> my fucking gourd. Oh, my glob. So, yes, that may be the end of the album, but it wasn't the end of the road for no doubt. Not at that point. They went on to gain iconic status in the world of rock. We all know Gwen Stefani launched a hugely successful solo career. And made some more problematic decisions about cultural appropriation. (laughs) Launching the Harajuku culture into the spotlight and effectively killing it dead. And also created a successful clothing line called Lamb. She wasn't the only one that went solo for a while. Tom also started a side project called oh. Invincible Overlord. Oh. And Tony collaborated with artists like Pink and Weezer, while Adrian opted to start a family and play golf. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. Tragic Kingdom endures as one of the biggest and most defining albums of the 90s, helping usher in the third wave of ska movement, yeah. bringing the genre to the mainstream. As much as I told myself I hated No Doubt back in the day, Even I can admit that this album is truly amazing and spectacularly written. Any album that can contend with the juggernaut that was grunge and win certainly has its merits. Yeah. Honestly. And this was this was a lovely little flashback into my childhood. I definitely had very vivid flashbacks to when this album was a thing. Honestly. This yeah, I I forgot how much I liked this album. I forgot how much I irrationally hated it. I but mean, also I didn't hate it because I knew I liked it. I just wouldn't allow myself to be okay. With it was like how I liking. liked a couple NSYNC songs, but I didn't want to know about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we're young and we're kids, and I think like anybody who's around our age gets it. You know, there's those things that you're like, I don't like it. But like, as you get older, you're like, no, I totally liked it. But I really liked it. And I listened to it a lot because I listened to this again when I was writing notes and I knew all the words. Yeah. I fucking knew it. Oh, I, yeah. This fucking album really shaped me a lot as a person, especially musically. And it definitely graduated me into listening to more ska and getting into it like it introduced me to ska yeah it said hey hey you like horns and i'm like i like horns <laughs> and they're like here you go and i'm like oh shit i play the saxophone <laughs> <laughs> i mean it didn't make me like ska but it definitely um 
allowed me to hone my abilities to throw shade. Also, Gwen Stefani saved you from a miserable marriage to Gavin Rosdale, where he would have just <laughs> hired a fucking babysitter that looked like you and he fucked her. He would have. And I would have ended up with children. I know. Honestly, like Gwen Stefani fucking... They only had one kid, though, right? They have three children. That's too many children. And they're named things like Zuma. Are they really? I see something like that. There's Zima Kingston. and Zuma. No, one of them is named Kingston. Zuba. <laughs> is that the one that work out? Zuba? I thought that was the alcoholic Zuma? drink that everybody no, Zima. really liked. Zima. I think it's Zuma. I think it's named Zuma though. Something like that. Something with Z. Z and like, yeah. Xander? Yeah. No, it's an X. Like no. it doesn't matter. The point is, like, don't name your kids dumb shit. Yeah. Just like don't do it. No. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, thank you guys for listening. We know this is a little extra long, a little extra spice, but, you know, you kids served it. Especially this it album for some 90s nostalgia. Honestly, this is a good fucking record. Go back and listen to it. Yeah. Go If you want to be reminded of, like, the good times in the 90s, I think that's it. Don't remember the definitely, Just remember um, this. <laughs> definitely the... High point of No Doubt's career, I think. It was. It was. And the best album that they made. Oh, easily. Again, it's their rumors. Yeah, it, it really is. Once you get here, you're like, well, there's nowhere to go but down. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, so thanks for listening. If you guys are digging it, you can go ahead and visit our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. And over there, you'll get more episodes and you can comment on them and send us emails. You can also find our links to social medias. We have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We try to post, but we suck at social media and we'll try harder. But if you do like just message us or email us, we will get back to you. We do understand the urgency of a direct message. Yes, we do. Yeah. Most of the time. And if you like everything else we've been doing, go ahead and visit our network. It's pantheonpodcast.com. And over there, there are a ton more music podcasts and they do the same shit as us or they do very different shit as us. Either way, if you want more stories about music, we got you covered, friendos. Also, if you want to give us some of your money, you can do that over on Patreon. Our site there is patreon.com slash Podcast, And you can give us some money, one-time deal, or a monthly gift, if you will. Whatever you feel like, man. And we will send you some shit in return. Yeah. Which I still have to do that for some people. Oops, I'm so sorry. We'll get to it. We promise. We did not forget about you. It's been a few weeks. Actually, um, that's a good that's a good segue, Ashley. Yeah, to our big old fucking announcement. Sorry, guys, but shit's spicy right now, and we need some time to get our own personal shit together. Yeah. So we are going to be cutting down our our shows a little bit. Just for the summer. Just for the summer, just through probably Labor Day weekend, we are going to go to a bi-weekly schedule. That means we're going from four shows a month to two shows a month. We're going to be doing every other week. Yeah. So you're getting this one this week. You won't get another for two weeks. You're not going to get another for two weeks. But we have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, like, quite frankly, um, and it's all it's all in our personal lives, you know. I mean, I know the Roni's spicy, and currently we have actually been pretty active as far as um, 
movements like Black Lives Matter and yeah. those things go. And that's been important to us as well. But um, just both of us have some things in our personal lives that we need to they need a little bit more attention right now. And unfortunately, right. this isn't our full-time job. We have full-time jobs, too. And also, like, just doing research and notes for this show takes a lot of time. And then I have to edit. And, and then Maggie has to edit and all that stuff. That takes a whole day in itself. So I mean, guys, honestly, we do spend anywhere from, like, 15 to 20 hours a week on this podcast. So it really is, like, an actual part-time job. And right now... Even our full-time jobs are too full-time. Ugh, right? So, like, I have a full-time job and a part-time job, and this, on top of it, for 20 hours a week, it's it's too much. And then, like, yeah. personal stuff, we don't need to go into any of it, but no. just trust us, it's a lot. Yeah, it's just a lot, Um, but hopefully by September, I, I foresee, like, by September, shit will calm down a bit, and we can easily get back um to our weekly schedule and don't worry patreons patrons we will still give you guys your monthly episode yes you are still warranted and due to that so if you do become a patron or if you are a patron do not worry you are still getting your special episode every month yes. promise um so yeah i guess like that's like three episodes technically if you pay for the second special or the third special one yeah yeah. And maybe you'll want to a little bit more now because we're cutting it down, cutting out our free episodes down yeah. a little bit. Just so. for just for now. But we'll we'll come back in the fall. We'll come back yeah. stronger this, and a little bit saner. This hopefully. isn't permanent. Believe us, it's not permanent. So, yeah, we're good. But I mean, thank you guys so much for all your support and listens and tell your family and friends about us. Please? Um, leave us reviews. <laughs> Do whatever you feel like. If you like us. Go ahead. If you don't like us, I'm sorry. But again, like, go check out our network. They got good shit, too. Yeah. yeah. But also, I ain't changing for you. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to change, but, like, sorry. <laughs> but also, if you hate us and you've gotten this far, what the fuck are you doing? But also, like, if you've gotten this far, like... Good for you. Thanks for hate listening to us. <laughs> I'm going to give you... You know what? Pat on the back. Yeah. Good for you, sir. You or madame. You stuck or it non- through. Or non-gender identifying person. I'm not going to presume your gender. Okay. But the point is, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with more fun, wacky episodes. And until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Bye. Bye.